Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line where our Blues insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford, is standing by. I always like to talk to JR. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning, Randy Michelle. Thanks for having me, guys. We're always excited to have you, and it's amazing, and it's heartening. And this actually happened, I think, uh, JR, when the Blues signed Scott Stevens. But the Blues hot stove now is as good as any hot stove in sports. I think people love talking Blues transactions between the end of the season and July 1st. Yeah, it really is the biggest thing. And I kind of learned that uh, going over to the Athletic. Uh, you know, they have numbers on all this stuff. And and uh, so you spend your entire career covering the season and covering the games and telling everybody the big play from last night's game. And then you realize most people watch the games and in this off season, that's all they care about is what's going to happen, who's coming back, who's not coming back. And so there is a lot of Blues news this year, as there has been in a lot of recent summers. Well, I think one of the biggest questions surrounding is he going to be back, JR, is about Vladimir Tarasenko. Do you think Doug Armstrong would be uh, inclined to try to move on from Vladdy this off season? Yeah, I think there's a possibility. I think it's all going to depend, uh, and I'm sure, you know, if they've had this talk so far, Michelle, uh, what both sides want to do. Because Vladdy does have the no-trade clause. And the Blues do hold the cards in terms of do they want to make the trade or not. I think we saw that last season, last off season, And so I think Doug Armstrong just has to make the decision based on, uh, you know, what's available out there package-wise. And certainly there's going to be a lot more offered uh, this summer after his 82-point season than there was a year ago. But with the Blues championship window open for perhaps another couple years, you know, how big of a hole does it leave if you take Vladimir Tarasenko out of that lineup? And then, you know, I know that Doug said the other day that he's not weighing this into the equation, but I'm sure he is a little bit. You know, what about uh, 23-24? Would you try to bring Tarasenko back? If you can bring him back, if you want to bring him back, then that might factor into this equation as well. Yeah, JR, it seems to me, and I think it uh Jamie Rivers made this point the other day in the fast lane. You do one or the other. You either sign him to an extension or trade him because one thing that Doug Armstrong loathes is letting assets walk out the door. And when they didn't have a real chance to win the cup, he moved Kevin Shattenkirk. When they didn't have a chance to win the cup, he, he moved Paul Stastny. But when it was to defend the cup, he was willing to do it with Petro. Or when they were going for it with Bacchus, he was willing to do it because there's nothing you can do. You're trying to win a cup. I wonder where he stands right now, where Army stands in terms of this group's window to win a Stanley Cup. And if Tarasenko is a really important part of that, because that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a great point that you make and, and Riv made because he has uh, moved guys when you thought that they were kind of 
in the race, uh, talking about Stastny and Shattenkirk and those guys like that. But also, as you mentioned, with Petrangelo and Bacchus, he let him play through that, that last year of the contract and let him walk for what we call nothing. But Doug Armstrong, I've had this conversation with him you know, multiple times. He says that it's not nothing. You're getting the last couple months of the player's contract, and you're getting their contribution to the, the postseason performance, uh, and that's not nothing in his eyes. So you're right. I think if you had to say what type of guy is Doug Armstrong in terms of managing his assets, he doesn't want to give up anything you know, if there's a way to maximize it. But I think if if they can't come up with a trade this offseason and he wants him to be part of what I believe he thinks is, is a championship window these next couple of years, perhaps they could let him play out the season and then he not be resigned. Yeah, I don't know if that could happen, but, but I do think in talking to Doug so much over these years about that, that uh, he does think it's not losing a player for nothing. And JR, I, I want you to re- refresh me and correct me if I'm wrong about the no trade. Your reporting last year, if I'm not mistaken, said that Tarasenko would have pretty much accepted a trade to anybody. I, I wonder, like you say, he's got the no trade. I, he's got the hammer. Now he had given it up, but he doesn't have to give it up forever, right? Right. Uh, the only thing is, I think there was a lot of you know posturing, speculation, a little bit from uh, you know both sides and around the league in terms of what Vladimir Tarasenko would have taken trade wise. I think when you make it known that you want out and, and you basically. Uh, know that the general manager's hands are tied a little bit because there aren't a lot of teams around the league that can afford you. You know, you can say you'll go anywhere, but if Doug Armstrong comes to you and says, hey, you're heading off to to Winnipeg or to Calgary or something like that, would you approve it? And I don't know that that would have been the case. So I do think there was a lot of talk about Vladimir Tarasenko would have gone anywhere, and, and I just don't know that that's the case. And certainly now with the way he's playing and now he's on the other side of 30 years old, I don't think he's going to a rebuild situation. Um, another guy that Blues fans are wondering if there's going to be enough money for him to return is Nick Letty. What do you think the likelihood is that we see Letty back with the Blues next season, JR? Yeah, it's an interesting one, and I keep going back to his age, Michelle, on this one because uh, you know I wrote a story a couple months ago about him, and because he was in the league at 18-19, which is really young for a defenseman, you feel like Nick Letty should be 35 or 36, and he's not. He's just 31, and you know I I didn't think that he was the exact type of player that the Blues needed at the trade deadline. But he was a very good player for what the Blues needed. That you know the way he skated, which everybody knew about, but the way he can defend while he's skating, the way he does, I thought was pretty impressive. So, you know, I, Doug Armstrong's going to look at the market. He's going to see what what's out there. He's going to in house evaluate what they have coming back with Mikula and Scandella and Perinovich and those guys. Uh, but I think there is a chance that they bring Nick Letty back. But I think it's going to depend on. You know, is he going to choose comfort over cost? Is he going to say, hey, I really felt comfortable with this group in St. Louis, you know, and I can go three years times four or something like that. You know, I don't know what the money's going to end up if he does resign with the Blues, but I think for the Blues to make it work, it's probably going to have to be cheaper than what Nick Letty could get in the open market. And if it's, did he make five and a half million last year? Yeah, at the end of a long deal. I think it was yeah. a five- or six-year deal, five-and-a-half. So, so if you could – and by the way, everybody's got the flat cap again next year. So it's the the money for Letty, although he might be the best left-handed shooting defenseman available in free agency this year, it probably isn't going to be uh, an Eric Carlson-type contract, no. right? So with $9 million in cap space, if you allocate four to Perron and four to Letty, that pretty much takes up your cap space, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and and let's not forget there are a couple uh, restricted free agents. Right, exactly. Uh, 
with Peranovich being one of them, um, you know, those guys won't uh, command uh, much. But you're right, you know, if Peron comes back, and, you know, I've speculated that I think it's a slam dunk, but, you know, nothing's a guarantee in the NHL, even though you, you'd like to believe it is. And if Letty's in that neighborhood of $4 million, then it's going to eat up a lot of space. So, you know, I was telling the guys on the fast lane yesterday, you know, a lot of times I go into the offseason thinking, okay, they have X amount of space, and these two players who they want to bring back are going to cost this much. But then, you know, two weeks goes by, three weeks goes by, they make a deal, space becomes available. Doug Armstrong's been a wizard with this stuff. So on the surface, it looks like that would chew up a lot of their space. We just don't know what other plans he has in store. He has been a wizard. You're you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, JR, how close do you think the Blues are to being a cup contender? Do you think right now that they are? You know, I, I, you can't help but look at how the playoffs turned out, and you see that uh, they played pretty well against Colorado. Yes, Colorado was the better team, but then Colorado goes on and sweeps Edmonton, and hey, look, by looking at that situation, the Blues are one of the best two or three teams in the West. And on top of that, I just don't think that they, you know, they were healthy enough. You're, you're missing Jordan Bennington. You're missing Tory Krug. You know, even some other guys were banged up with Scandella and so on and so forth. So, you know, I think that they are in a championship window. I think they are one of the better teams in the Western Conference, might be top five, top six in the league. And sure, you need everybody healthy and you need everybody producing. You know, you can't go into next season, Michelle, thinking that nine guys are going to score 20 goals again or that Jordan Bennington's going to play the way that he did in the playoffs. None of that stuff is assumed. But I do think... They're, they're right there. I, I think it's probably going to take some work on the left side of the defense. They're going to have to figure that out, whether it's Letty or, or somebody else. But, you know, to me, if you uh, start a playoff series next year against Colorado and you have, you know, shored up that left side, I've got to feel pretty good about your chances. So then with, with that being said, would you describe the desire for Matthew Kachuk as a want or a need? <laughs> Oh, yeah. So it, it all leads back to the Kachuk, right? Always, yeah. always. I had to set you up for that one. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, I go through the whole want and need thing with my kids every day, right? <laughs> do we want or do we want or need this ice cream here? But <laughs> that's a need, need. Uh, yeah. It's a need. Yeah. You know, it, it's weird because, and I'm, I, I don't want to ride the fence. I always try to, you know, take a side with you guys. Um, it is a little bit of both, and I'll have to come up with a definitive answer here. But you know, I think there is a need for a guy like Matthew Kachuk. Maybe not when you're so deep up front, but he just provides a a different element than a lot of those guys you have up there. You know, maybe the closest thing to him is a Shen in terms of the skill and being able to hit and be able to, you know, get your teammates going, so on and so forth. Uh, but I think there is a little bit of a need up front. But I guess if I had to pick one, had to pick one, like I'm going to tell my kids, we don't need <laughs> this is a want. This is a want. So, hey, listen, I feel like we're going to be talking about this until he's in a different uniform, whether that's St. Louis or, or somewhere else. It would be great. Uh, to see him. I do think it's a possibility, but I think it's probably a little bit more of a want than it is a need. Hey, JR, one more thing from me. Seems to me that one thing that Doug Armstrong should also be working on this summer, and maybe after you finish free agency, but July 15th through training camp until you get it done, I think they need to get an extension done with Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, I think so too. I think that helped, you know, with the captain and you know, he's in the, entering in that final year. I don't think that with a veteran like him and with a guy who, who's been doing this kind of business forever and Doug Armstrong that it would become a distraction. But why not get it done? I mean, you, you, you know what the money is going to look like moving forward. You know, I think Ryan O'Reilly continues to play at a level uh, that, uh, you know, he's going to be wanted around the league. 
you know, so you kind of get rid of those types of questions. Uh, he wants to be here. He said it in the exit interviews, Randy. You know, I can see that uh, both sides could come together in the right neighborhood there on the money, too. So I, I think it's something that you'd like to see done uh, sooner than later. And then, once again, we go back to history, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Tarasenko was signed in the summertime. Alexander Steen's last deal, I believe, was signed during training camp. So it's uh, it's something that uh, Pareko, too, right? His eight-year contract was signed after the flurry of free agency last offseason. So it's something that Armstrong has done in the past. Yeah, and let's keep in mind, too, that with these guys on multi-year deals, like a David Perron, uh, well, David Perron's an unrestricted free agent this summer, but a guy who has one year left, like a Ryan O'Reilly, he can't sign a contract extension prior to the start of free agency, which I believe is July 13th this year. So we won't see anything between now and July 13th on Ryan O'Reilly. It would have to come after the start of free agency because he does have one more year left on his deal. By the way, Schenner was either in training camp or very early in the season, too. So the Blues have a history of signing the guys that they want to keep around early in season. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I think O'Reilly is is a, a need. Yep, yep, they've definitely done that for sure. They haven't done it with uh, David Prime, so we'll see where that one goes. But uh, I could see, like I said, I, I could see uh, Doug Armstrong and Ryan O'Reilly trying to figure something out on that front. Yep. JR, great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, guys. That's Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic here on 101 ESPN. Did you want to add something there? Well, I was just thinking that's a that's a good exercise to do with a lot of these uh, question marks for the Blues. Is it a want or a need? Yeah. Because to me, Ryan O'Reilly extension is a need. David Perron returning is a need. Ville Husso is a want. Mm-hmm. You have other options and you have Jordan Bennington locked up. That's a want. And if you look at it through that lens, I think it puts things into perspective. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.